Welcome to Grad Life by the Horns, the bi-weekly podcast covering all things grad life. Hosted by me, Becky Hills. And me, Sophie Scully. Hello and welcome back to episode 21 of Grad Life by the Horns. This week we're joined virtually all the way from LA by the wonderful Luke Birch. Luke and I went to school together and he's now off in LA absolutely smashing life and working his way towards a career in the film and television industries. Despite only finishing university this year, Luke has achieved so, so much. He began his YouTube channel back in 2013 and since then has gone on to amass over 250,000 subscribers. He was acknowledged by YouTube and Google as the UK's number one content creator on the rise and has featured in The Telegraph, Gay Times Magazine and in The Sunday Times as one of the UK's leading study YouTubers. Alongside his hugely successful YouTube career, Luke has also worked for the BBC as a digital content creator and consultant, producing three viral videos for BBC Three. And if this wasn't enough, Luke also spent a summer interning at 20th Century Fox in LA, during which he aided the screenings, focus groups and QCs for Love, Simon, Bohemian Rhapsody and The Hate You Give. While doing all of this, Luke was also studying for a degree in film and television studies at the University of Lincoln, from which he's just graduated with a first. Luke has used his platform throughout his career to empower students and promote the power of learning. He's a vocal spokesperson and activist for the LGBTQ community and talks openly about coming out and the importance of being unapologetically yourself. Luke is one of the most open and compassionate people we've ever had the pleasure to interview and in the episode his passion and zest for life really shines through. In our conversation he discussed his experience of getting married while still at university, the decision to gradually stop producing YouTube content and where he sees his career going in the future. This episode is full of advice on internships, work experience and following your dreams and truly no one personifies chasing your goals quite like Luke. We can't wait for you to hear the episode so without further ado let's get into it. So hello and welcome back to another episode of Grad Life by the Horns. Today we are joined by the wonderful Luke Birch. Hi. Hi Luke. How are you today? How are you doing? I'm very well. How are you both? Good, thank you. Not I'm too cracking. Bad. Excited for this conversation, that's for sure. We're virtual recording long distance. <laughs> we are, yes. I am currently in LA. You guys are in the UK. <laughs> I know, it's very exciting. This is the first for Grad Life by the Horns. So we begin every podcast by asking you a couple of questions. And the first one is, what's going on for you at the moment? What is happening in the life of Luke Birch? Oh, wow. What's not happening, I guess, there's, you know, so much dealing with the pandemic, graduating in the pandemic has been definitely an experience I never imagined would happen. But yeah, just, you know, staying busy with YouTube and working on the StudyTube project as well, which is an initiative that some of us StudyTubers set up to keep the education conversation going, keep people interested in education before they eventually head back to school. There's just a lot of things going on right now, which is great. Yeah, it does sound mega, mega busy. And the next question is, what's gone wrong? What's gone wrong recently? What's kind of been driving you a bit mad? You know, I've been trying, I keep saying to myself, with the fallout from coronavirus, with the job market and the way it is, I keep saying to myself, like, you know, it's not your fault. You've just got to be patient. Try not to stress about it. But it's been a very stressful time. You know, I never thought I would be in this predicament but I always had in my mind I'm always I work by like plans and having my life planned out in like okay so by the time I graduate I want to have a job and then I want to move into that job straight away so when that's ripped away from you it's like oh my goodness where do I go now what do I do it's been hard to wrap my head around fully 
Yeah, I can't even imagine what it's like to be graduating in this year because your graduation is meant to be a time where you're not focusing on health or a pandemic. You're meant to be focusing on what what you're going to wear to graduation and who's going to come and all this kind of stuff. And I know that Lincoln, your graduation is early-ish next year, isn't it? I think they've postponed it now to April. It was originally in September. Oh, I see. Yeah. So at least it's something to look forward to. But at the same time, you have so many other things to worry about. But this brings us on to a good place to start, I think, which is going all the way back to where you were starting off at university and starting your journey at Lincoln, studying film, because you're quite open online about how it was a little bit of a rocky start. Do you feel comfortable talking about that process in reflection, how you feel about it now? Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, I think a rocky start is an understatement. I had just done an internship at 20th Century Fox in Los Angeles. For me, that was like the peak of the peak of the peak. You know, that was prime time. I was living my life. I made all of these new like-minded friends. I just had, you know, uni rejection the year before which really knocked me down, set my confidence back. I then worked full time on my gap year in retail, which is something, you know, that I had, I didn't plan on doing. So I was kind of, you know, I went from being such a low in my life to the highest of highs. And then going from that into university, it was kind of an unfair expectation. I think I set on university to match what my summer had just been. And I really needed to make sure in that whole process that I didn't come across in a way that, you know, I thought like I was better than anybody, which is something I think a lot of people could easily perceive if you've had industry experience. You know, I would probably perceive it from some of the people, some of the interns that were at Fox, like, okay, you've worked on 10 movies, I've not worked on anything. So much was going on in my head when I started uni. And I think that's what kind of tainted my first year experience. My expectations, I think, of university were unfairly high on university. And what was that experience like when you kind of got to freshers and people were saying like kind of getting used to people, getting to know people, getting to know people on your course. And then you had to kind of be like, I've done an internship at 20th Fox and I also do YouTube. Like, how did you navigate that in terms of telling people what you did and your experiences and stuff? I kind of, I think I came into it in all honesty, a little bit too hot headed. And by that, I mean, you know, I just gone from this internship environment where it's so cutthroat, right? And you have to be networking with everyone in the city. You have to be saying, this is me, this is who I am. So going from that to then uni where people are much more nervous in this environment. And I was very like all guns blazing. I was like, hi, how are you? It's so nice to meet you. I was even shaking people's hands on the first day, which I think for some people was really full on. And now I look back, I'm like, oh my God, why on earth did I do that? Like I was going up to random freshers being like, hi, nice to meet you. You know, oh, it was so shaking my hands. It was so embarrassing. But yeah, it was difficult at first. And I was very nervous about sharing that I was a YouTuber because I know that can turn a lot of people off wanting to be your friend. Some people don't like being on camera. Some people think already, again, it goes with that, that film experience, that internship experience. Some people think you might be arrogant or think you're much better than you are because you've, you know, been making YouTube videos. And I really wasn't a big YouTuber at the time when I started university. Even still, I was very nervous about telling people, this is what I've just done this summer. This is who I am. This is what I do on YouTube. 
but people actually, my flatmates especially, really came round to it. And I was lucky in the sense that we'd started the group chat way before uni. So of course, everyone does their research on everyone and they found my YouTube channel. So they all knew about it before I actually went to uni, which was really good because it kind of took the pressure off me to, you know, be like, exactly like Hannah Montana. I'd be like, I live this separate life online, I guess. But yeah, so it was, it was definitely a challenge that I think I worked up more in my head than actually was. You talk about YouTube there and YouTube is a topic we definitely wanted to cover with you. You've been doing it for seven years, haven't you? And you've recently made a post about how you're going to start bringing that to a gradual end and slowly and gradually build it down. But can you take us all the way back to what actually influenced you starting YouTube in the first place? What was it? So, yeah, it's been a wild, wild seven years. The content that I made seven years ago is, you know, not a reflection of me at all to this day. You know, when you first started out on YouTube, like 2014, 2013, I think, it was such a different place than it was today. You know, this was when the pioneers like Zoella, Alfie Days, all these people had just begun their climb. And it was a very different place. You felt like you really had to be eccentric to stand out. I started off really in reaction videos because I thought that was a really great way to market myself. I was like, okay, I'm a nobody. How can I make myself somebody and build up a following? And that was then, okay, why not share what I love? And that was, I love Harry Potter. So I'm going to make Harry Potter videos. I love Demi Lovato, Fifth Harmony. So I'm going to make Demi Lovato videos. And then their fans would then become my subscribers. But what really started me, aside from that, what really started me wanting to make YouTube videos was not only in that time period did everyone want to be a YouTuber, I think even more so than today, actually, it was kind of something that people thought was a really easy way to get success, I think. But I was doing an internship or work experience at uh, News UK, which, you know, has the Times newspaper, the Sun newspaper way back when and Vine, the app Vine had just become huge. It really was just exploding at that point. And I was kind of, you know, just being myself at the desk, you know, editing these videos for the newspaper websites. And my coworker was like, oh my gosh, you're so bubbly. You're so funny. Why don't you make Vine videos? You know, because I said I wanted to be an actor at that point. I was like, well, you know, I like telling stories. I don't think six seconds is enough for me to really do my thing. And then he was like, okay, well, why don't you start a YouTube channel? And that night I went home and I put up my Headboy application video as my first video. And the rest is history. That's that's how it started. And did you always have that? I mean, I know it from school, but did you always have that like real ambition and that drive? And when you were starting your YouTube channel, did you see like, this is where I can market myself? This is like kind of an online and growing portfolio for me to be able to like always tap into throughout the rest of your career? Yeah, I mean, well, I, you know what I was like in school. I was someone that always was kind of the film guy. I really loved media, media studies and drama was kind of my thing. But yeah, it was it was a great way to actually have a place where I could just put my creations and my ideas and things I just wanted to tell. And I always used to want to be an actor, a host or a comedian. When everyone's a kid, they want to be everything, don't they? I really used to want to want to be that. So I thought, you know, YouTube was a great way to try and hone in my comedy skills as well, try and work out what people find funny, what people don't. And of course, you know, your humor as a 15 year old is very cringe when you look back on it. Maybe not for the kids today, but I feel like definitely me back then and what the humor was in school, you know, going to school in the Essex countryside, I feel like probably has much different humor than 
any other school anywhere. But yeah, it was it was a great way to just kind of have an online platform. I was really inspired by some of the teachers we had in school too that kind of really pushed us to do well and just create stories. Credit to the media, English drama departments there. But yeah, it was kind of my place to have a little home for my stories and my creations. And then as you kind of got into YouTube, especially when you, I suppose you started doing it, I think, during during your A-levels and then when you went into uni, you started moving into the more study tube content that you talked about earlier. What was it that made you desire to move away from the kind of reactions and the comedy and the acting stuff and more into study tube and educational content? Where was that? Where did that impetus come from? It was two things, really. The first, I would say, is it just got to a point where it just wasn't me. You know, and I felt like it's one thing to want to be an actor, but if you're marketing something like a reaction video, you know, if you look, if you just Google any type of, you know, Demi Lovato reaction video, when people watch it, you know, they're very animated. You have to be constantly like hype, hype, hype. And it got to the point where I was just like, if you really watch me watch a Demi Lovato music video, I'd be bobbing my head. I'd probably be singing, you know, but I'm not that animated. And it got to a point where I just thought, I want to do something more worthwhile. You know, I don't want to drift too far away from comedy because I love it. I love making people laugh and I love people. I love just talking to people. So that's when I thought, well, let me look at the study tube marketplace right now. Let me see the types of study tubers that are out there. And the thing about study tube is everyone has such a unique personality and they bring a different perspective, I think, of education. And I really saw a gap in the market there for someone that was openly gay, someone that was more eccentric, perhaps, than the others, and someone that was more of that where I thought I could really relate to perhaps people that would achieve, like, the Bs and Cs as opposed to the As and the A stars. I feel like the top end of the market's really covered as anywhere is in, you know, any industry. Everyone wants to be the best. But for some kids in school, you know, I tried really hard to be the best. Yeah, you know, I got some a stars some a's but sometimes i got b's and c's and i feel like that would be the perfect kind of way that i could hone in everyone i could get those kids and inspire them that want to get the a's and the a stars but also speak to kids that you know academia might not be their favorite thing they might not actually like going to school so i thought okay why not try and inspire people to see like the beauty and the power of education through comedy too and make fun of you know the types of teachers we have in school, all those things, you know, things we all did in primary school, things we all do in secondary school to get people to see school and education as something more to be celebrated and to be like, you know, look at how fun this can be to then just, you know, not liking it at all. I actually remembered one. So I, I love watching your YouTube videos. I think they're absolutely jokes. But one of your Instagram posts, which really, really stands out to me, was when you were wearing a suit and you're carrying your CV and you were like in these all these random places, like trying to beg people for jobs. And it was just, it made me laugh so much. So it, it proves that you don't have to make yourself serious to fit into the education category. You can bring that comedy, you can bring that fun and stuff. And on that topic, over the time you've been working in filmography and on YouTube and all that kind of stuff, has any of your particular content had a really good reception and loads of people responding and engaging and resonating with it? Is there something you can pinpoint? So I think it can be, you know, on the top of my head, so many different examples 
come to mind, but for different reasons and for different people. I think it kind of combines itself all in one. Some people, the the number one thing I've kind of heard is, I love your videos because I can laugh and forget about all the things going on in my day, which really became like, wow, this is why I'm doing this, right? And then I love the fact that some people say it inspired me to study. And then at the same, you know, complete different perspective, some people say, as a closeted young gay man, woman or non-binary person, seeing you as a gay man live so openly in your life is so inspiring and it's just comforting. And that one probably hits the most because I used to be that kid that would message YouTubers, you know, way back when, when I was so insecure and I'd be like, you know, just seeing you live so openly and so proudly, that to me, it literally, those types of videos coming out, videos, seeing gay men just you know, live their lives, be successful, gay women as well, just everyone on the LGBTQ plus spectrum, just seeing them live their lives so openly, to me was life saving, it literally saved my life from, you know, so many dark days, so many dark thoughts, trying to hide my sexuality. So that's kind of what stands out to me the most, if people want to praise my videos, it's kind of those three angles that I think for a lot of people can combine into one. And on the topic of coming out and sexuality and that sort of stuff, if you're comfortable talking about it, when you started your YouTube channel and when you kind of came out and you were talking about all that sort of stuff and you've spoken about it a little bit and Sophie and I were chatting about this, it's something that we really wanted to discuss with you and you spoke about how sometimes when you post things about being LGBTQ+, you lose subscribers and then you've also spoken there about how the content really helps people despite the fact that you lose subscribers, as you said, when you post that content, is it that desire to make sure that you're being there and being almost like a crutch and a support network for people who are coming out, who are, who are positive? Is that what keeps you going? Is that why you care less about the numbers, less about who's watching, but more about why they're watching? Is that the most important thing for you? 100% because that stems back to my ideology all those years ago when stopping reaction videos because I was like, you know, this isn't me. This is just kind of a character almost trying to be someone that I wasn't. And, you know, the numbers were insane. I would get like a million views on Selena Gomez reaction video, but it just, it wasn't me, you know? And it kind of then just thought, well, then what's the point? I would then feel like I was kind of selling myself short or selling myself out. And so it's gotten to the point now where I just think, especially because I always knew, I think that, once I had made my channel, I found my place in the study tube educational sphere. I thought, okay, well, I'll bring my channel to a gradual close once I've left uni. Obviously, you know, pandemic and change different things, not having a job straight away, making me do it longer than maybe I anticipated. But yeah, numbers matter so much less to me today than they did two years ago. I think on YouTube, it's so easy to get obsessed with numbers and try and you know, censor yourself or pretend to be someone you're not. Yeah, I, th I think it's it's just, it's so much more worthwhile making videos, knowing that, well, hoping that my legacy on YouTube will be defined by, oh yeah, remember that gay guy that made videos about school? You know, about, with, with a more positive thing than just falling into the thousands and thousands of people that do reaction videos. And I just find it fitting. It kind of speaks for itself in the fact that, I feel like I really found my success on YouTube once I started being myself and I started making videos I was more passionate about and being openly myself, as opposed to, you know, making reaction videos to sometimes artists that 
weren't my fave. You know, they just, they were just on my playlist and I'd have to make a whole video about how much I loved them. So yeah, it's definitely just much more worthwhile making videos that could actually have an impact in someone's life rather than just entertain as a reaction video would do. Yeah, that that's really interesting. Thank you, Luke, because it's so true. People go into that industry of working on the media and social media and YouTube and they measure their success based on how many subscribers you get or how many likes you get. It must be so crippling being in that environment because if you upload a video it doesn't get as many likes as a previous one you're like oh have I insulted someone have I done this have I done that it must be a complete whirlwind of thoughts but I want to kind of shift on that as well because you mentioned Nate your partner and we would love to talk to you about long distance relationships because Nate is from LA so maybe if you tell us just a little bit about your story how how you met and how you dealt with a long distance relationship. Sure. So we met back in the summer of 2017 when I was here doing my first internship for 20th Century Fox. I was here in West Hollywood, where I am now, at the Starbucks that is down the street. I was actually waiting for a friend. We were just going to hang out that day. And I was sat in the, the heat on Santa Monica Boulevard outside Starbucks. And as I'm sat there waiting for my friend, this like six foot just God walks past me. He's in a tank top, you know, hello, it's like the heat of the summer. And I just instantly see his arms. He has like the most muscly arms. And I was like, oh my gosh, like me, me. And yeah, it was just like the most beautiful person I've ever seen in my entire life. And instantly I was just, I just, I fell in love. That sounds so crazy to say, but I was like, I don't even know this man, but oh my gosh, he has to be mine. And he actually then, but of course, you know, hello, this is LA. Everyone here is like 10 out of 10 stunning. So you probably think that 20 times a day. But then he actually walked in the space of like 10 minutes. He walked past me about three times. Now I know being in his apartment and where he lives, he was running errands and just going up and down the boulevard, doing different things, getting a smoothie, doing this, getting quarters for laundry. And so then once he had walked past me like the third time, I thought, no, 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 like this, this is fake. Come on, come on. So then I go on my phone. I've always been very open about this, but I go on my phone and I do not have a gay dating app by the name of Grinder that goes by location. Of course, I'd had it, you know, multiple times as I was a grown adult, but I just didn't have it at that point. I must have deleted it for whatever reason. It then comes to the point where I rush to download it and I say to myself, if he's on there and we chat, then it's like meant to be. And we went on there and he believes he messaged me first. I thought that I messaged him first. None of us quite remember, but we kind of, we had exchanged details. Like this is my, I think it was Snapchat, which I'm no longer even on, but I was like, this is my Snapchat, stay in touch. But we never actually met that summer. And we kind of, he, I now know piecing together who it was because my Snapchat was open. So any one of my subscribers could message me. I kind of had forgot who he was. But there was always someone that messaged me like once a month, like, when are you coming back to LA? When are you coming back to LA? And I was thinking, who is this? And then it like hit me the summer, like a few days before I was bound to come back to LA to my second internship in 2018. I was like, oh my God, that's the ginger guy that walked past me in the one with the big arms. And we got talking. And then as soon as I came back, he messaged me on Instagram and I still have the message. And he was just like, welcome back. I was like, thanks. And he was like, where are you staying this summer? And I told him, like, I'll be staying in Century City. And then I'll be going to Sherman Oaks. And we got talking. And yeah, we, we met up a few days later. And we were basically together that summer every single day. 
that's how it begun. That's the story of us, really. That's amazing. It's like a modern day, like, romance novel. I love it. <laughs> I feel like that's what everyone wants. Honestly, when I'm there on, like, Bumble every day, and like, great, swipe right, swipe right. Like, honestly, like, to walk past somebody, and that's, that's the dream. Especially because, like, I definitely, when I came out, you know, around, like, 15, 16, I can't even remember now. I feel like it was just such a long time ago, a completely different person. It feels like an out-of-body experience. But I, you know, I was on the, the Tinders. I feel like everyone was on Tinder really early and yeah that was the first like experience that I really had to talk to guys so yeah I, I I was on that for so many so many years especially you know on my gap year when I had like nothing to do I was like now would be the perfect time to find a boyfriend I just used to really want a boyfriend and then as soon as I had like my first summer in LA I said to myself I was like you know what I'm just gonna come here have fun live my life and stop looking for a relationship and the minute, you know, not quite, you know, the specific minute of the day, but the minute I stopped looking for a relationship, boom, it happened. So that made me just suddenly like awaken to the fact that maybe it's true what they say. And that if you, you know, aren't looking for a relationship, then it will happen. You know, food for thought. Yeah, that is literally it, isn't it? Everyone always says, oh, it's when you least expect it. Like every time I talk to my dad, he's like, don't worry about another guy ghosting you on Hinge. It's fine. It'll happen when you're least expecting it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you can say that you're 50. You've been married. You're great. But (laughs) and then kind of transitioning that a little bit. But you then got into a relationship with Nate, but you were still at uni. You were still at Lincoln. And how was that? How was managing a long distance relationship, especially while you're studying as well? You know what? I tell people the worst day of my life was September, I can't even remember the day, but I think it was September 29th, the day that after my second summer, I flew back from LA to my second year of uni. When I tell people, you know, we had been together every single day that summer. And we had such like a like this, I always think of my gosh, Taylor Swift got it so right when she made Cruel Summer. Like that song is just like my summer in a song you know you have such a passionate intense emotional connection with your best friend and someone who you feel is your soulmate the whole summer you know it's coming to an end not the relationship but being together and you know we literally moved in together basically that summer two weeks three weeks after knowing each other like that's how intense it was and knowing that was coming to an end was you know heartbreaking enough but the day that it actually happened, you know, I like to think of myself as, you know, I'm quite, I do follow that British, my mom's German, but I follow that British ideology of like stiff upper lip sometimes. And I didn't think I was a very emotional person. I swear the TSA and all the people that worked at LAX that day must have thought I was so suspicious because I was literally a broken person like having to say goodbye to Nate oh my god I can't even is is so emotional it was absolutely the worst day of my life I can't even tell you I didn't sleep at all on that plane as soon as and my parents will tell you too you know when they they picked me up from Heathrow my gosh you know I came out of arrivals number one you just look a state anyway after a red-eye flight right but I came out of arrivals and I just fell into my mum and dad's arms and I was like on the floor in Heathrow, like how embarrassing now, but I was just so broken because, you know, we were like, we were like Elsa, we went into the unknown because we didn't know if our relationship could withstand the long distance. And that's what, that's what stressed me out the most. And I think looking back, I really made it even more difficult for myself because I didn't then go home back to Essex for the week take a week to kind of just you know FaceTime Nate non-stop and 
kind of chill. I literally, we went from Heathrow back to my house, packed up the car with my uni stuff and went straight to uni. And bear in mind, I hadn't slept for 48 hours, just moving into uni, getting acquainted to the UK again. I just spent four months in LA. You're in American culture. It's slightly different. It was the most stressful, intense, difficult few months trying to get back into that uni routine. Because once again, I had had, like I did in 2017, I have that taste of everything I've ever wanted, but this was even more because I had the dream guy, right? And you get that, you know, you're you're with your friends, you're with, and my friends in LA are just a little bit older than me because, you know, of how they graduated, they got their internships before me. So, you know, just being with that environment, being in that corporate world and, you know, that corporate side of entertainment, living your dream, going back to uni, oh my goodness, it was if anything, the second year was much, much harder than the first year to try and navigate that relationship because I think it's one thing, and it's not to discredit long-distance couples' experiences whilst they're at uni, but it's definitely one thing to be in the same country or on the same time zone as someone. The time zone for us was probably one of the most difficult things because, you know, Nate, my husband now, he works a full-time job, and we all know being a student, you do have a lot of free time, but it's very busy and hectic as well. And that's what I was most nervous for as well. Nate then going from seeing me as a somewhat accomplished, I mean, somewhat accomplished intern working for a company to then being a student. And I was worried because we have an age gap. I was worried that would just magnify our age gap to him so much and that he would get, you know, cold feet, be scared and be like, oh no, this guy's way too young. He is actually a student. That was my biggest fear. And I think I'd worked that up way too much in my head, which made navigating the long distance even more difficult. I can imagine that must have been awful. I think you even made a post about, you know, you're being really vulnerable and open. And it was a day when you were just, you were just crying. I think it was that day when you'd returned from LA and it was so raw and stuff. We really appreciate you being vulnerable now as well. But a question I have is obviously modern day, it's become less and less expected of people to find relationships get married move in like straight after university or during university have you been like surrounded by a community where that has been a regular occurrence where people have moved in together and got married at quite a young age or is it something that in around your friends and stuff you're like the only person that's experienced that Yeah, um, good question. Not at all. No one I know has got married young. I think a lot of my friends here in Los Angeles, some of my friends at uni were in very serious relationships. My friend Megan at university was like my lifeline at uni because, you know, a lot of people to their credit, you know, you're young, you're single, you do what you want to do at uni. I certainly did that in my first year when I didn't, you know, I didn't really know Nate. A lot of people, I think, do kind of look not down on you, but maybe you're just very, a lot of people are so confused. They were like, why are you in a relationship with someone a million miles away who's older than you? Or then it became, why did you get married to someone? Why are you, you know, engaged to someone so far away when you still have another final year of uni to do? But my friend Megan at university, she was with her boyfriend for, you know, many, many years. I can't remember. Uh, she would kill me if you're not remembering, but you know, it was, it was a long time. It was probably the friend I've known that's had the longest relationship and she got it you know she was like good for you and loads of people at uni of course were like good for you but she really understood it and I could really relate to her experiences like uni to us was not our whole lives it wasn't everything we still had separate pieces and of course you know 
I think I had a very different uni experience to a lot of other people in terms of I traveled a lot during that year. Sometimes I would take time off uni, sometimes I wouldn't, which got me in trouble in second year. But I, you know, I finally worked out, okay, I can't just take a trip to see my partner, you know, during turn time, whatever, have to wait for reading week, etc. But yeah, it was no one. I mean, you know what uni's like, no one is really married at uni. I'm sure there are some students or some students, you know, have worked at different speeds in their life. But for me, it was just something that it felt right. You know, like I, I made a married young video where I kind of spoke about this in, in more depth, but I was like, it just felt right. I was like, why, why wait? It was just such, a, I think people don't understand once you've gone through such an emotional year where we were apart and that video that you're talking about I think on Instagram where I'm sat at my desk in my uni room just like my hands like this and I'm crying that was actually after I just spent like five weeks it was after that summer it was after the the big goodbye it was when I just spent like five weeks in LA for winter break and that was in a sense even harder because I knew what was coming I knew there was another big goodbye I knew what I was going back into at uni it was such an intense emotional experience and relationship that I've had with Nate being long distance that we kind of just work at our own. We do what we want to do. And that's kind of how I was raised. My parents were like, you know, be a good citizen, follow the rules, pay your taxes, but live your damn life. You know, you only get one life, live it. And Nate's very much the same. From what you just said, it's two things. I think it's so important to highlight to graduates and to final years and university students that as long as it feels right that's the main thing you should never feel like you can only move in with someone five years after graduating or get married at a particular time everyone's different everyone reacts to things differently and that's worth knowing and I think one question I want to ask is for anyone at university or who has graduated because obviously when you graduate you tend a lot of people go traveling they have different jobs they travel the world what advice would you give to people who are experiencing a long distance relationship? Good question. I mean, I always feel like people's relationships or even people's experiences at things like school, in love, in jobs, everything is so individual. And, you know, especially putting my my story and my love life online, of course, everyone's going to have different opinions about it. You know, I, I make a married young Q&A and one of my subscribers says, oh, I give it four years max. And it's like, you know, everyone, everyone's so different. Everyone's experiences are different, right? And it's like, but for you, if you were me and you got married at 20 or 21, you know, yeah, your marriage might only last four years, but that's not to speak on mine. And it's like, sure, you can, what, look back and, in 10 years, or even in five years, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, that's life. But why, my ideology has always been, never live your life thinking that something's not going to work out. You don't apply for your dream job thinking that, oh, you might get fired in two years time, or you don't apply, or you don't audition for an acting role if you don't believe you're going to get it. So it's like, I would not have got married, I would not have continued my long distance relationship, had I not fully and wholeheartedly believed in it and I think being in LA and growing up in you know the acting industry where I really really tried to be an actor and a professional and being around so many older people and you just hear about their experiences you know so many people in LA have lived so many crazy lives 
And the one running thing I ask all of them, do they regret what they did? Do they regret that time in their life? None of them say, yes, I regret that. They'll say, no, it shapes me. It becomes who I am. And it really becomes part of their story. So I just say to people, you know, whether you're leaving uni and you graduate, you're in a long distance relationship or, you know, what I don't have experience in, but if you have been in a relationship with someone at uni and you've graduated and you're both like, what now? It's like, figure it out. You know, don't don't rush into anything, but don't take everyone's advice at face value for what it is. You've always got to think about what's best for you. That would be my my number one piece of advice would just be drown out all the noise. Go in, if you want to continue your relationship and so does your partner, go into it together, you know, be realistic, of course. But if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But at least you tried. That would be my ideology. Mm, and I think that's A, so inspirational. And B, that is the thing about the internet is that you are bombarded with so many opinions all the time and that one thing might be right for one person, but one thing might not work for another person. And it's understanding those idiosyncrasies and being like okay well that works for you but that's not going to work for me and to bring it back to kind of graduate life do you think that because obviously we haven't touched on this yet but while you were a student you did so many really cool things in your career you were doing youtube you were doing stuff for the bbc you were working with brands you were doing all sorts of things do you think that then you were automatically a little bit ahead of your years do you think that you were already mentally a graduate and so getting married doing all that sort of stuff taking on all these opportunities it just almost felt like second nature to do that and that's why you didn't question it or did you ever have those moments where it was like oh maybe I shouldn't be doing this really good question I never had a moment where I thought I shouldn't be doing this but you know like I said I went into uni I think a very different person than a lot of other people and that's never ever when I speak about this and when I say this I talk about my experience that's never to discredit their experience or their you know credentials if that makes sense there are probably half the film and tv course at lincoln was much more talented than me i'm sure yeah there were people of course that you know hate on what you do because of jealousy right some people do get jealous and i would get jealous all the time when i would see you know in school i used to want to be an actor really badly and in school we had a girl who had achieved quite a lot of success in acting in our year group and she was my friend and i used to be so jealous of her i mean i was her friend but i was so jealous but it got to the point where I was like but you know nothing stopped her from doing what she wanted to do if anything she probably achieved that success in spite of other people's opinions so I was like well that that can't stop me I took that jealousy and turned it into motivation to just achieve it myself yeah I think I'd just been in I was in a different mindset to some people and uni for so many people I think is such an individualized experience people go into it with different intentions some people go to uni I think a lot of people you know probably my brother some people in my family go to uni to really find themselves I feel like I'd found myself before uni so uni was a way for me to kind of get what I needed which was a degree and some of the you know the things that come with uni and moving in with loads of different people but I kind of had that in my internship that I came out here, you know, the summer before uni, I'd met all these different types of people. I'd got that work experience and I'd kind of learned, you know, we would, and I, some of my friends, we, we joke about this today, but, you know, I'd then gone from a whole summer of working in the film industry, working on, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody, Love, Simon, you know, these, these films, Planet of the Apes, and to then go back and, you know, day one of uni, someone asks, what is a script? And I was kind of like, 
what am I doing here? You know, I was like, I called my parents and I was like, I'm not sure uni is for me. And then they really like brought me back down to earth and they were like, you know, don't be arrogant just because you've had life experience and some other people haven't. And I kind of really had to like grapple with that. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes. How how am I being perceived? Because this isn't me. You know, I'm not someone that's going to come and say, oh, you know, why am I doing this? Because I've worked on a film. It's like, who cares? Like, are you a good person? Yes. Do you want to learn? Yes. Um, so that was kind of what it was for me. I kind of, I feel like I just, I didn't see uni as, you know, I didn't see myself as already a graduate. I just saw all the opportunities I was getting in uni as a chance to just gain more work experience. And it was also a chance to rope in my friends as well. You know, I did loads of stuff for the BBC. My flatmates all appeared in both videos. I did some presenting for BBC Look North. I got some of my friends to be interviewed in it as well. In my YouTube videos, my flatmates appeared in loads of my YouTube videos. So it was just something I always saw as like additional add-ons that I thought would make me a better candidate when I did want to go into the film industry later on. But uni was always something that I just saw as like something I'm going to have to do to get me where I want to be. Whereas I think for some people, uni was their chance to find that out for themselves, find out who they are and where they want to go. And on a more practical level for like students and maybe fresh graduates who are listening and they're interested in getting into film and TV, they're interested in taking up work experience. What practical tips would you give to somebody who's seen what you've done and thinks I would love to do something similar? So it always, the advice that I give to people at that point, it always stems back to when people ask me about YouTube and they say, hey, I want to be, become a YouTuber. What do I do? And it's the most cliche advice I feel like people give because I used to be on the receiving end of this advice, but it's just be practical and don't give up. You know, with things like YouTube and especially in creative industries, there's so much competition, but a lot of people just eventually give up. I feel like I must have started a YouTube channel probably in like 2011. I made a video and I just gave up, you know, because it got one view, but you just have to be persistent and you have to be actively you know if you are someone I think that wants to get into the film and tv industry you don't have to be a verified youtube you don't have to have a youtube plaque to be successful and a good candidate to become you know someone in the film and tv industry I just think it's important that you do present what you've been doing you know because it's like we all I've always seen this it's like we're all going to come out of uni with a degree, I mean, hopefully for everyone, but, and yeah, sure, we'll have different grades, but when it comes to the film and TV industry, what all of the post-production supervisors, what everyone in the industry has told me is like, yeah, a degree gets you in the door, but show me your experience, show me what you have done as a creative to then, you know, get the conversation flowing, because it's like, I think one of the most, and then some guy wished university would have pushed more is work experience and maybe they did and I was just kind of blind to it but I feel like a lot of people that I knew just you know were kind of like meh work experience work experience you know it is what it is I'm not going to try and actively do it um and to get work experience is hard don't get me wrong but I just feel like if you can't get work experience at a professional company then start a YouTube channel you know start making short films make a podcast you know do do something that shows that you have creative skills and that drive. And the number one thing I think is passion. That's something that I was commended on most as an intern. It wasn't my ability to turn around a video. It wasn't my ability to, you know, 
run a meeting or quality control love simon before a press screening it was my passion it was like wow you really want to be here you really want to do this huh and i was like yes so it's like i just feel like making sure people know you still have to do things outside of your degree is probably the most essential thing if you want to go into a creative industry. Now, that's really, really helpful advice because we know for a fact that we have a lot of listeners who are interested in the journalist landscape one way or the other or the creative industry. Just a little bolt-on question there. What have you found has been the biggest pro about working in, in the film industry and the biggest con, if you're happy to share that as well? So... Oh my goodness. There's so many pros, to be honest. Like, you know, for me, and I'm sure, you know, Becky can remember from my school days, this has always been my dream. It's always been something that I wanted to do. So the biggest pro is just, you know, living your dream. It's in in different ways, you know, on YouTube, the biggest pro is being able to inspire people and kind of having this community physically, like in the film industry. One of my favorite things is just being on a film lot, like a studio lot. It's just, there's such a magic on a lot. It's it's really hard to replicate. But I guess, you know, it's the same thing. Even when you go to Warner Brothers Studios, the Harry Potter tour in Leavesden, it's like, that's, that's the same thing. It's it's still a film studio a lot. And there's just, there's a certain magic um, on a lot, which I just think is, is amazing. And, you know, you get paid to be a creative. You know, that's, that's the dream for anyone, right? It's just to be paid for doing something you love. The biggest con, I don't know. There weren't, you know, so far in my experience in the industry, there haven't been any negatives. I just think you, you know, you need to be, you need to just make sure that you market yourself well and that you network. And just, I think, don't coast. You know, I feel like some people that haven't maybe done as well, probably just got, you know, it takes so much work and so much, you know, drive to get an internship that sometimes people then just get it and then they coast the internship. And it's like, for me, I saw it as, this is the first opportunity. When I got my first internship at Fox, I was like, this is the opportunity to then go on to work for the BBC, which I did. This is then the opportunity to get invited back next summer. So I don't feel like there's any cons so long as you come into it fully prepared. And just on that networking point, something that I've kind of noticed through what you're saying is that you, and I've known this from school, is that you've all, as you said, you've always had that drive, that ambition, that you had your goal set, and you were going to achieve it no matter what anyone said. Have you had anyone that you've networked with or anyone who you've met who has been an amazing mentor? And do you think that that mentoring side of the industry, when you kind of graduate as well, do you think that having those mentors and those people to look up to are incredibly valuable for getting you to where you want to be? Oh, absolutely. Because I mean, so much of the entertainment industry is based on connections and the connections that you're able to form. So I feel like just being, you know, working with the teams at BBC Three, they were very inspiring to me because they were just so, so passionate and so like the ball's in your court. And I'm thinking, wow, the ball is in my court for a BBC video. You know, the BBC are paying me to make a video about my IBS. You know, it's was, it was just, it's it's crazy. Some of the the people you meet are just the nicest people. And just, yeah, everyone, I think if I was to pick a standout person, it would be my boss at 20th Century Fox, um, Ted Gagliano, he was the the president there. He's just so inspiring to me. You know, he is a very accomplished man. He's an openly gay man too. He's married. And he's just someone that is so cool, so inspiring, someone that I just want to be. And just so many people at, at Fox, and I feel like the same thing would be at any corporation. Uh, even when I worked at News UK, 
people love telling their stories and people love giving you advice. And I feel like I would always ask people, hey, you know, can we have a coffee? Can we have a chat? And, you know, it'd be like, Love Island, like, pull them aside, like, you know, should we go for a chat? That would always be me on the lot, right? I'd be like, can we go for a chat? And you talk to people and... I feel like especially, and British people too, but especially Americans, they love a story. They love telling their life story and they love hearing your story as well. And something that, you know, a lot of people, I guess, related to was, well, you know, I was kind of at one of the most down points in my life when I got rejected from university the first time, not only because of the rejection, but because I posted it online, which I think was the most, you know, humiliating thing I've ever done. But I promised my audience an honest results video. So I posted it. Um, and, you know, hearing about how I then worked in retail, I kind of picked myself back up and I got the internship. People really loved then that story because that showed like the passion, the enthusiasm. But there are so many, there's too many people to name, especially at 20th Century Fox that have just been so inspiring to me. Now, that's so nice to hear about how important it is to have those mentors and to have those support systems, especially when you're trying to navigate something that's quite new. And on the flip side, you are that for a lot of people going through education as an educational influencer and especially the group the study tube project that's recently come out and helping people navigate education through isolation and stuff that is such an awesome cause and I was looking at your post earlier and you were you said something brilliant it says Miss Rona can cancel our classes exams graduation ceremonies but she can't cancel the grades our degrees our future which I thought like nails it on the head it's absolutely brilliant you are graduating in a time of really difficult circumstances so how are you finding that transition from education into real life during a pandemic and what advice if you can offer any advice to people who are struggling at the minute and missing out on the normal graduation and all that kind of stuff that come that comes with leaving university well I'm definitely you know always trying to give advice like the the little extract that you just said which I you know firmly believe but at the same time I don't try and pretend that I have it as tough right now as the other graduates do you know I still have my YouTube channel I'm still able to make money from that and to you know still earn a living and have YouTube as my job until I decide not to which I think is such like a privileged position to be in right now so I don't pretend to fully know what everyone's going through but I definitely do find it very hard just that uncertainty like I said before my life's always been in like plans and yearly plans and whatnot so going from that to nothing it's so tough and I know that you know for so many of my friends I just it it hurts my head to think that you know I know for a lot of them they might not have the best relationship with their families or you know they just don't have the best environment to at least finish their studies in which they've had to go back to because this pandemic and they're kind of just stuck there indefinitely you know, I've, I've tried to read articles, my family and friends have sent me articles of people's experiences in the 09 recession, kind of graduating into that job market, which was like nothing. The number one piece of advice is just to be patient and realize that it's not your fault and still celebrate. I think it's so important that people still celebrate their achievements and celebrate graduation because otherwise you're always going to have that part of your life that was never really celebrated. So yeah, just as best you can hang in there and don't let it dip your motivation or confidence. If anything, you know, take it as still take your degrees, like your recognition of your confidence and your achievement and just keep motivated. Like don't just suddenly shut down and like give up because right now no one's hiring, it seems. It's just a matter of 
of patience. It's tough, but it's the only thing we can do. Yeah, I think A, that's so inspirational. I think so many people will take so much from that. And I think at the moment, especially when everyone's seeing what everyone else is doing online and thinking, oh my God, I've graduated, I've got nothing, nothing. What do I do? That that little something, just be like, carry on. It'll be all right. You just kind of got to sit in that feeling and you'll grow from it. And ultimately it can only be a positive thing in the long run. And so I think, so that's a really good point to begin to wrap up the episode. And so the final question that we ask everybody on the podcast is what are you going to do to continue to grab life by the horns oh good question I think always just staying true to myself I feel like as I've said you know in that transition that tiny thing I did back then trans transitioning from reaction videos to making videos I was really passionate about I feel like from that moment on everything every bit of success that I've achieved in my life has stemmed back from the one thing of me being 110% authentically myself that's what I'm going to continue to do to grab life by the horns be me you know it's like when you apply for a job when you apply for an internship be you there's no point in pretending i mean sure you can tick on every box when i was a you know child actor i would tick every box like yeah i can snowboard yeah i can you know ride horses yeah i can play tennis if you need me to when i would have no idea you know so just being authentically myself is what i'm gonna continue to do to grab life by the horns Hi everyone, it's Sophie here rounding up the episode. Just want to say a massive, massive thank you to Luke for coming on the podcast and for offering all of your insights and sharing your experiences. We really appreciate it. And not only that as well, a massive congratulations to him and to everyone who has graduated from university. You're all absolutely brilliant and you should be super, super proud, especially considering the circumstances. I was really excited to have this conversation. I know Becky was as well we've been waiting for a long time because we're on different time zones and busy schedules and all that kind of stuff and we finally got around to it i'm kind of one of those people that is worried about online calls because i love meeting people in person so i was a little bit skeptical at first but then as soon as i got onto that zoom call i was like yep I love him. <laughs> He's absolutely brilliant. And he was just so good to talk to. I felt like I'd known him for years. And we really hope you enjoyed listening to the conversation and that you took something valuable from it. We talked about internships, getting into the film industry, long distance relationships, pride. Oh, God, so, so much. Mindsets, education. It's just brilliant. And I feel that even though he's a recent graduate, he speaks for the graduate world on so many different levels. So we really hope that you found that as well. If you don't already, we highly recommend you give him a follow on Instagram, LukeBirch underscore, and check out his YouTube channel. Honestly, some of his content has me in absolute stitches. It is so funny. And I find that what he does and all the partnerships he's done is just really informative and really worthwhile as well. So definitely give him a watch because you will not regret it. So obviously Pride Month was in June. However, every month should be Pride Month. So we have, for our most recent release of our newsletter, we have put together a resource bank for LGBTQ plus and pride resources, books, charities, all sorts, which we really hope that you can use to educate yourself and to learn more about the importance of it. 
please let us know what you think about the episode leave us some feedback rate review you know the drill give us a follow on instagram and twitter and we really hope that you guys are keeping well staying positive and taking care of yourself and we will see you in two weeks bye